blue jeans A little fire and a little green Enough to make me king on a Friday night In a trailer off a dry pond road Where me and the boys would go to get loaded And hide out from the law It was just a weekend thing One of my favorite things about being on the radio and being a part of Drew Garabo Live is introducing people to new music. I love when I play a song and somebody hits me up and says, what the hell was that? I loved that. And that happens a lot when I play songs from our next guest. I thought this would be an awesome opportunity to not only let you hear the music, but hear the man behind the music. Somebody that I consider to be one of the best, if not the best, singer-songwriters of our generation. The man has wrote every word on every album he's ever put out. He is a touring machine, a former former Georgia Bulldog, and just a really cool-ass dude, and I'm very excited. I'm going to be hitting the road to head to South Carolina to check him out this weekend and joining the show right now, Corey Smith. What's up, Corey? Oh, man, you're making me blush listening to that. Yeah. That's quite the intro. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate you making time, man. How the uh, how the hell are you doing? How does it feel to be back out on the road? Oh, it's good. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I if I said I wasn't a little apprehensive, you know. It's been a long time uh, being homebound here. Uh, so it's uh, I don't know what the new normal is going to be, you know. You mentioned in the intro that I, I was a, a touring machine, and I was for for. Most of my adult life, that's uh, I've, I've been used to touring, and my family. My, I've got two teenage boys. Most of their lives, I'm gone. You know, at least doing 120, 130 shows a year. So it was weird the past year. Uh, to I, I think in the past 18 months, I've I've been on stage seven times. You know, oh crazy. man, that is crazy. So I want to. I was reading some things about you today that I didn't necessarily know. Uh, to take you way back to you know, kind of learn about the man behind the music. Were you a Were you a teacher before you hit the road? Yeah, I taught uh, I taught high school social studies right after I graduated from college, and uh, yeah, I thought that's what I was going to do. I thought you know that was a good gig for me. I was the first person in my family to to go to college and uh, you know get a degree and all that kind of stuff. So for me, that was it. Uh, and it just so happened that I, I was you know in my spare time I was making up these little songs, uh, and I started going out and uh, you know playing in front of people, little bar gigs and stuff, and made made some records and you know four years into the teaching thing i had a big opportunity uh to, to make a living playing music so i took it man that that is amazing and, and uh, you mentioned the family and you are somebody who i feel like with your music gives people a peek into your soul and a peek into your personal and family life like nobody else and as i look at you know at, at a lot of the songs i love i feel like i could follow the path of it for different questions i have uh like with a song like halfway home where you kind of talk about letting your family come out on tour for stretches and things like that is it get any easier being a family man like you leaving your kids behind or is it just is it harder leaving the family behind every time? Well, you know, it's, I can't remember which comedian I was listening to the other day, but I heard a comedian talking about this, how when the kids are young, you know, you have to act like, Oh man, I, I, I've got to leave. Sorry. got to go to work. <laughs> but you know, having little kids, it, it can be stressful. So there is early on, especially there was, there was a little bit of relief there. You know, my wife had a really difficult job that I wasn't around for, but as they grew, 
it started it started to get harder and harder. Um, you know, missing missing the sporting events and you know those those big moments. Uh, it's nice to be there, and I will say that that's been the best part of uh, you know the past year and a half or so is just being here for all that. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be more difficult, I think, when it's time for me to go out for long stretches. Two or three days here isn't a big deal, you know. Uh, two or three days here or there, it, it was those. Uh, you know, there were times where I would go out for six weeks. Uh, and that, that was pretty brutal. Yeah, that, that's got to be tough. And I'm looking at what you've got coming up soon. I'm, we've got our fingers crossed here in Tampa uh, that an announcement will come soon for a Tampa date. It looks like the closest you're getting to us is going to be July 17th in Jacksonville at the Florida Theater. If you feel like you, you want to travel and it's worth the, the drive, I would say, uh, you're going to be in South Carolina this week. You're doing a show in Georgia, the 12th, uh, and in uh and another one in uh, noon in Georgia, July 9th. Uh, I, I was, I knew, I wasn't sure the exact timeline of when this paired up with the COVID stuff, but I saw you in Tampa. It had to be maybe a year and a half ago. Uh, and you were going through some stuff with your eyes and your health and you had to have major surgery. Are you, uh, and you even wrote a song about it called going blind. Uh, where does all that stand? And are you, uh, are you doing good today? Well, yeah, I'm I'm great. I can, uh, yeah, I've got, I can see great. I can drive and recognize people again, so that's good. Man, so um, it was yeah, that bad yeah. at its worst, where you were you were standing on stage and maybe not even realizing what the crowd looked like at all. Yeah, I think the last time I saw you in Tampa, that was right there when it, it had gotten to about the worst, uh, where I had to. It, I used to love going out and on on the road and being able to travel around towns, walk around cities, and. Go, I would usually go out and about by myself, you know, and, and check out places. But by the end of this uh, process with my eyes, I basically had to have somebody with me all the time. I was paranoid. I couldn't drive. I had a hard time recognizing people. Couldn't play cards with my, you know, with my kids. Like, it, it was weird. Um, but I had this, uh, I had a really aggressive cataract, and I only have one eye. Uh, my other, I, got, I got injured when I was a kid, so I lost my other eye early on. So I only had this one eye, and I had this really aggressive cataract to be somebody my age. And there was a pre-existing condition where my doctor didn't want to do surgery on it because he thought it was there was a, a, a one or a, yeah, like a, a one in three chance of having serious complications. So his advice was, you need to live with this as long as you can. Which put it another way is, you need to use, you need to slowly lose your vision until you're almost like. Where if they had done the surgery and it had turned out bad, I wouldn't have been any worse off. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So that was about a year and a half uh, of, of of touring was slowly losing uh, losing my my vision. So it was great. Uh, and you know, I, I took off at the beginning of 2020. I took off the first uh, three months on purpose so I could have the surgery. And uh, and so when COVID struck, I was just then getting ready to start thinking about touring again so it was sort of a blessing because i wasn't one of the acts that was out there in the middle of the tour that everything got canceled i was already sort of ready for it and all the guys that worked for me they were already prepared for for being at home uh so i mean that that was the upside and and the big blessing was i i can i can see 
you know, it's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I won't yeah. take that for granted again. That sounds pretty <laughs> awesome. You can follow him on Twitter. He's at yeah. Corey Smith Music. Check out all of his music streaming on Spotify. You kind of changed the format, maybe. I don't know if that's the way to even say it during COVID and even a little bit before that, where you started kind of doing this songwriter series. I'm not sure if I'm saying that exactly right, where you just were releasing these singles that all seem to be very, very personal, very in depth. Uh, the songs like Going Blind and Where I Wish I Was and dry and stuff like that was that just an interesting introspective time where you really dug deep to write those songs or had you had those in mind or already written before this era of the world yeah i I think the songs i released the the, you know the first half of 2020 were that was i'd I'd had a lot of those songs uh i'd probably written most of them the previous six months to a year and one one of the most frustrating things i found about making records is that it can be a really long time from when a song's written to when it gets recorded and put on an album and then eventually released in the world. And uh, as an artist, it's, um, I would get my immediate gratification because I could play those songs at a show. I could say, Hey, Hey guys, here's a song I just finished writing. Y'all check it out. And I could get that, you know, it was out in the world doing something, uh, where when the touring stopped, I didn't have that. So I had this urge to just, rather than worry about producing a song and making it sound uh, big and, and glossy and all just to go downstairs and, uh, and, and record a decent version of the songs and put them out there. And it, it, it was cool until I, I eventually ran out of steam because I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not very prolific compared to uh, most professional writers. Uh, I, I can't, I, the harder, when I force myself to try to write, I usually can't write anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but still, that being said, there are a lot of, uh, at least the mainstream uh, country guys who have never wrote a damn word of a single song ever. So to think that you've written uh, nearly every, every word, if not every word, is uh, is pretty impressive. You've You've been somewhat... Uh, maybe critical of mainstream country music in the past. Where does your stance on that uh, stand today? Do you still have some of those same grievances with an industry that seems to not uh, reward the best artists from its own genre? Uh, you know, I will say I've probably softened softened a lot over the over the past year and a half, it, it, and especially when it comes to the 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 co- the co writing and the and the community of it. And I think I think it's because. The, I've been by myself so much the the past year. It just and I would go in my studio every morning. I would work for eight hours trying to think of stuff, you know, trying to do thinking I could just do everything by myself. And and after a while, that really took a toll on me. Uh, where I realized I'm not good at making up stuff. You know, I, I'm, you're you're right when you mention that you know most of my songs are, are personal because they are. I, I'm not good at just making up stuff from scratch. If I don't feel it, if I haven't experienced it, I can't really sing or write about it. And, and one result of that is I end up with a whole lot of mu- musical ideas, um, but I can't finish them. I can't, I just don't, for me, I don't have, I'd be repeating myself, you know, cause I've already dealt with this particular issue in my life. So there's been a big part of me the past year that has really craved having, having, you know, some friends that I could bounce ideas off of and get some feedback. Uh, so I will say I've, I've, I've softened that, you know, to, a pretty good bit. In fact, I've, I've softened it so much where for the first time I'm actually going to try to do some co-writing with a, with a friend of mine when I'm down in Charleston and I'm going to go. I've, I've, I know a bunch of writers, obviously, over the years. I have a lot of friends in Nashville, but I've never been the guy that, you know, wanted to schedule writing sessions where now I think I want to do that. 
Good deal, man. I've got to ask you, uh, you you have appeared at the Grand Ole Opry. For any country music performer ever, that is that is kind of the holy grail and, and an ultimate goal. Uh, take us through a little bit what that experience was like a few years back. Well, it was bizarre because it was never it was never on my bucket list, you know. I never really even imagined myself doing those sort of things. I was just, you know, I'm like a weekend warrior. Uh, and one day I was, I was thinking about it, and my, uh, you know, my grandparents were getting older at the time, and uh, I, I thought, man, I wonder if I could play the Grand Ole Opry because my grandparents, they would, that would just be it for them, you know, to see me play the Grand Ole Opry. So I called my agent. He was like, dude, I didn't know you wanted to play the Opry. Yeah, let me make some phone calls. And then he calls me back like two days later, and he's like, hey, we got you. So I, I was able to uh, to to call up my, uh, my you know my my dad and my grandparents and go hey guess what I'm gonna play on the Grand Ole Opry and for them that was like I had made it you know that was it <laughs> that was the thing that that cemented it for, for them uh, so they all I rented a bus and and brought a, a bunch of family and friends up uh, from here in Georgia up to Nashville and that was a it was just a real a real special night. That's awesome, man. So I've got to ask you, and I almost emailed you to ask you if I could ask you the question that I'm thinking about asking you. You have a uh, you have a controversial song that 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 is very unique and very specific to an instance that you went through, but maybe uh, can be misinterpreted in the insane world that we live in. Do you have any interest in talking about that, or would you rather not? No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So Corey has a song that is very, very popular that he's performed for years that I think some people probably go to shows to listen to that is called uh, F the Popo. And it it deals specifically with an instance that you went through. And even in the song itself, you say this is not directed at all police. Uh, You know, it's for the ones who think their badge is a crown. And to those, I'll never bow down. Um, Where do you stand with a song like that that has become so popular among your fans? base that could very clearly and easily be misinterpreted modern day i you know i just i read the audience um you know if, if i like this past weekend i i played uh i opened up for riley green in orange beach alabama that's a big crowd uh you know a lot of those people didn't know how i was i'm not about to break out a song yeah. like that that people that don't know me and don't know the history behind it they're going to misinterpret the song uh, and it's still, you know, it, it's happened quite a lot over the years uh, when I'm in front of people that may have never been in my show before and maybe, but anybody that knows my music and knows my catalog, they know that song and the odds are they know the story behind it and know that I'm not trying to, to, to it's not some broad political commentary. It's just a, like most of my songs, it's, Hey, this is something that happened to me one time and this is how I felt about it. And, you know, boom. And I think that's why people like it because I think it, I think a lot of people have probably felt the same way. Um, you know, I just have to be careful. Uh, and it's, and and it's strange how that's happened with a lot of the songs over, over the decades, you know, although times change and people interpret things differently. Um, you know, I wrote a song called I love everyone. And there's a line in there that says, uh, I'm one for building a fence. Uh, I'm one for mending a fence instead of building a wall. Well, I wrote that song in like 2010 this is before <laughs> there was any talk about building a wall. So now all of a sudden, a song I wrote way pre-Trump or anything now is some sort of political commentary. It's like, you know, I can't, I can't help that kind of stuff. All I can do is just, you know, continue to be, to be honest about my experiences and, 
and hope that they don't piss too many people off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and honestly, it's never been more sensitive. People, I don't think we've had the amount of people almost waking up every single morning uh, looking for something to be pissed off about. Uh, so, you know, it, even even years ago, people may have thought one thing, but today they take it to the next level. So I can imagine navigating those waters can be tough. Well, we're, we're about to wrap up the show. I did want to tell you, because I don't think I ever got to share this with you. Uh, we got married, my wife and I, who you met well, last time you were in Tampa. We got married on the beach. It was just us and our family. Uh, and you will be glad to know that the first dance that we, that we did perform right there on the beach was the classic epic tune, First Dance by Corey well, Smith. Right on. Well, I appreciate it. I'll make sure to play that for you this yeah. weekend <laughs> in, the, in the Isle of Palms. So what night are y'all coming out? Uh, we're going to be there Saturday night. We're taking kind of a road trip up that uh, up that way. We're leaving in about 10 minutes, actually. And uh, we're stopping oh, wow. over and going to this nature preserve and seeing a different show on Friday night that's a little outside of Charleston. And then we'll be uh, we'll be at the uh, Isle of Palm, I believe what it is, the Windjammer on Saturday night. So, yep. Well, we'll keep our fingers crossed for some nice weather that evening, and it'll be good to see you. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for making the time. Look forward to seeing you, buddy. My pleasure. Safe travels. We'll see you. Yep. That is Corey Smith. Check him out on Spotify. You can check him out on Twitter, at Corey Smith Music. You know, we're, we're short of time, but, Joey, one thing that I wanted to bring up that I think you know a lot about, too, is just how different the music industry is now when it comes to like streaming because you know the the people that you, it used to be people back in the day and for artists that lived through that where everybody had to have an album or everybody had to have the cd and now nobody has the album nobody has the cd and everybody is either streaming it for free or getting spotify and you know artists aren't making the same money that they used to be oh i mean well that's it's just been chipping away like over time i mean you think about when people fully embraced their musicianship you had songs that were upwards of eight minutes yeah then it came down to okay the song's got to be rated friendly so now it's three and a half minutes and now you know it's no more albums it's singles yeah. but now it's not even singles now it's just clips for tiktok so you're yeah. so, you got to put as much as you can into 30 seconds so that way that can go viral and then you're going to get 5,000 streams and you'll get a dollar for that it's it's insane to think so, how much that industry has uh has changed but I, the I, money isn't there i feel for everybody out there who was in a regular touring schedule and had to just you know have that all grind to a halt for covid it's it's really tough. Like you can you can have a break between tours that could be anywhere from two days to a week, and that's still enough to give you those post tour blues where you go from the epic highs to an epic well, low. And I feel like people don't feel sorry for artists a lot or musicians specifically. Like I think that there's a general thought from people who might not know. And you can load up the lines for Give Dick a Rest. We're gonna have to do a quick one, but uh seven two seven five seven nine one oh two five one eight hundred seven seven one one oh two five. I think there are those people out there who just think um you know, they're an artist, they're a musician, they're touring, they must be rich, they must not be. But that was, out of all the industries that were that were hit, there were these little ways where the music industry could, you know, weasel their, or the restaurant industry could weasel their way through and, and still stay alive. There were no concerts. I mean, there was a period of time, there was not a show to be found. And, and there are those people, those, you know, middle to lower level, and even the, that upper echelon that a lot of people would look at as good to go. When the touring stops, the money stops. And, and you can only do that for for so long. Uh, let's do Give Dick a Rest and get out of here. Uh, give Dick a Rest. It's Drew Garabo live. You're on the air. Woo! AMC to the moon, buddy. AMC. You got it. Give Dick a Rest. Go ahead. Hey there, Skinny John. 
your feelings always matter to me, and you can quarantine with me anytime, COVID or not, big boy. Mm-hmm, yeah. I look forward to that. Thank you. Give Dick a rest. Go ahead. Good job. When you get back, we're going on a spirit bear hunt. I'm bringing the peyote. You bring the Gatorade, brother. <laughs> Give Dick a rest. Go ahead. Go ahead. John. Yeah. This is the Viking guy. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. What's up, buddy? Hey, man, you did one hell of a job, and you're going to have your own show one day, and uh, I'm proud of all that you do, man. Love you. Yeah, I love you too, buddy. I really do. You've been, uh, you know, you you were uh, you were very kind and sweet to promo, John, and I'll never forget that. Thank you, Viking guy. Last one. Give Dick a rest. Go ahead. Hey, John, have you heard his new song, Suganies? Get the hell out of here. I'm not going to stand for that. Don't disrespect my friend Corey while disrespecting me. That is it. Thank you so much, Joey Flash, for hanging out with me the last couple days. It has been awesome. Tell people where they can follow you and stream with you and Twitch with you and all those things. Everybody come hang out with me at twitch.tv slash thejoeyflash. It's not just hanging out and playing video games, but we like to talk. We have conversations like this, pop culture, all the good fun stuff. It's a good time. Spencer, you are the man. Thank you for being here. Uh, You, I imagine, will be here. uh, I don't know what the next couple days are going to bring. Maybe tomorrow will happen at Amelie. Maybe it will happen here. But always appreciate your hard work, buddy. Thank you so much. Of course. Always happy to be here. Yeah, I hope you really put it on your uh, mother-in-law tonight. Uh, and shout out to Drew Garabo. Uh, he may or may not have returned from south of the Skyway, but he took some much time, uh, much deserved time off. And I, and I'm sure the entire Tampa Bay listening audience is ready for him to come back. That will be tomorrow. Everybody have a great night. I will return on Monday. Soul Brother Kevin show is up next. Goodbye. It's Drew Garabo live on 102.5 The Bone.